You're listening to the Chelsea Zerna Podcast, a podcast that inspires conscious leaders to live meaningful lives and to get in touch with the deepest parts of the human experience. My name's Chelsea Zerna, and I'm a women's empowerment coach with the mission of rewilding the feminine back into society. Each week, I have a conscious conversation with best-selling authors, inspiring leaders, and spiritual lightworkers who aren't afraid to step into the unknown and explore the greatest truths of life. Thanks for listening. I'm sitting here with Sarah Gustafskin. She is a global change maker on a mission to join people in raising the standards of how good it's really meant to be in life. She's the host of the Soul Sister podcast. She's an up-and-coming author of Myself Completely and Soul Rebels, and she's a public speaker inspiring people to globally change the world and change her world. Yes. Amazing. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for that nice introduction. Um, I'm so happy to be here to, to share a little bit about how we actually go into creating a movement. How do we actually change the world? Because people... Want to make an impact we want to make an impact we want to serve we want to give something to the world but it will start with ourselves really affecting our world changing our world and embodying our message as well right amazing yes and i would love to hear about all of these things an author a speaker you created this amazing podcast i'd love to see yes. what was the catalyst of all that like how did it get started and where did you start you're still in college right yes i am <laughs> i am yes i drink college probably okay yeah so, so for me, there is, you know, always when people ask about a story, there's so many layers to a story, right? Uh, but my story really starts out with always feeling a bit different in the world, not feeling like I was able to fit in, but I didn't feel like I didn't belong. I was just seeing the world differently. I was not the way that most kids were. And I was always, the teachers used to say, Sarah, uh, just wait till you get to high school. Just wait till you get to college. Just wait till you get a PhD, right? So that people, that's when you get to know the people who's like you because you are always five years ahead of all the rest of your co-students. And for me, that was just not good enough. It was not good enough because I was not feeling like I had my tribe. I wasn't feeling connected to myself, to people around me, and to the universe, essentially. Um, so, so my journey really started out with but just not feeling like I belong in the world. Um, and that quickly turned into a trajectory of, of severe anxiety uh, mm-hmm. from, I was, from I was actually, uh, actually since I was born, to be honest. Uh, I struggled with insomnia, with severe anxiety, was not able to sleep for many, many years. And, and that turned into anxiety and to, as I got older, to OCD as well. And then onto a trajectory of depression and eating disorder and severe stress. Um, so I was on my journey, really, you know, doing everything. I was always having that creative spirit, always being able to see things. But I mean, I love learning. I love being in school, and I had high dreams, bold dreams, courageous dreams. And I was always being the one in front of the class, just speaking. So I was out there doing on the edge and loving being on the cutting edge, loving wow. taking the fast track. Um, so I quickly turned into, you know, straight A student into going into just uh, elite sport. I was an elite swimmer, an elite athlete for many years and it just suited me, right? I just loved being there, but I still didn't have that connection. So I was not really connecting with myself. I was just out there doing, 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 and just hustling all the time because mm-hmm. I believe that that was the only way I could 
do things. So the hustle and grind, right? Hustle and grind, right. So for me, I I was there throughout high school. I was literally studying from 6 a.m. in the morning to 11 um, at night and not really being able to see what I was doing. It wasn't really serving me, but I couldn't see beyond my, my old paradigm of that toxic uh, cocktail of severe anxiety, stress, and OGD. Everything was about control. Yeah, I could really see that pattern. For sure. for sure, I could really see that pattern, but but I wasn't able to break it. And though I went through many, many years of therapy, and for many, many years of solid introspection, and for me, it was always a spiritual question. But no therapist was able, and no psychiatrist was able to connect the dots to go underneath. Everyone was talking about symptoms, or they were talking about my thoughts and mm-hmm. how I can change them looking at the specific diagnosis that I had and not seeing that I wasn't fitting inside any box that nobody is right nobody's inside, fitting inside any box but we just try to simplify it and not look at a person but look at the whole person mm-hmm. instead of just looking at the system yeah so you went to therapy for years yes with this anxiety and this depression and it wasn't working it wasn't working it was just getting worse and worse i was on medication for more than six years and nothing was really working but my symptoms were so severe that that i was just needing to uh they were just not letting me go away so um so i was on that trajectory and going down that path and still you know being the high achiever so on the outside world to everyone who didn't know me on the inside I was this perfect straight A student, but I was not able to hide my symptoms. I was not able to hide my rituals, mm-hmm. but I was still keeping it up because there was no way someone on the outside was going to break me, right? Um, so when I got out of high school, uh, it was it was so severe. It was it was really to a point where I had my low point. It was so stressful that my mom actually needed to take a year off from her job to take wow. care of me. Um, and we spent that year, uh, and I remember it so clearly. It was, in so many ways, it was the best year, and it was the most horrifying year as well, because we tried to figure out a new treatment, but I went into this eating disorder treatment, and it was the first thing that I ever did in my life. I didn't want anyone in their life to go through that treatment, because they actually tell you that you're sick and you can't trust yourself. Uh, I was telling someone was telling me that every single day. So they said they can't, that you I can't could, trust yourself. I couldn't yourself. trust myself. That everything that was going on the mm-hmm. chair in my mind, everything that I believe in, that was just a lie. The personality that I had was a sick personality, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's so and difficult it's too because the truth of it is it's, it's more of the mind. And like it's important to like explain that to somebody. Yeah. It's like separating the mind from your true self. Yeah. Because the truth of it is everything – Maybe the things that you learned in your life weren't serving you, mm. but to say that you can't trust yourself, which is your true self, that's actually scary because then yes. who do you trust? Exactly. And and that's in reality. I lasted a month and I couldn't handle it anymore. For me, I was, I was, I was so, so, uh, really that was the lowest point for me with this connection. I couldn't find myself anywhere anymore. And I was like, I had this void inside of me saying, you can heal yourself, right? You can do this. You are on the right path, even though these people tell you that who you have always been is like, is that the eating disorder is the same personality just chatting and talking to you. And I was like, no way, this is not happening. This is not what it's like. This is not how good it's meant to be. You're not meant to push yourself on that level to actually heal yourself. Um, so so fast way forward after that month, I sat down and I talked to my parents and my parents were just backing me off fully and fully trusting me and to do this. And we sat down, we have still remember the conversation, we sat down with the doctor and she looked at me and she was like, 
she didn't say it, but I couldn't like look at her face, and she just had that look like you're the craziest person on earth. And she was literally looking at my mom like, "Are you seriously doing this to your daughter? She needs to be here." But my mom knew she, she could trust me that that this was not for me. I was not having an eating disorder. It was just another layer to that same half of of not feeling being able to be myself. Right? Yeah. So so for me, as I broke out of that, the entire system broke out for me. It was like breaking up with society, breaking up with the norms, breaking up with anything that I had ever believed that I was supposed to do. Um, and I started trying to listen what did I actually want. Because what you realize is that you might be good at something. You might be really good at something. Um, I perform really well. I can do really well at many things. I can do a lot of things, and many people can. But your strength is not what you're good at. Your strength is what actually gives you energy. Mm-hmm. So, and brings you joy. So for me, it was realizing what is actually bringing me joy. Who is that actually being? Because for me, I believe that I had to be a certain identity, like putting myself into a small box to be myself. Whereas I realized that that through that, going into my own journey, like I was reading a ton of, you know, self-help books, but, but mainly it was from myself. Just being with myself and figuring out who am I actually just looking at myself every single day. And that helped you get out of that spiral. That actually did realize, you know, I was looking at my patterns, we're looking at my thoughts and saying what was actually underneath it. And I was always searching, always searching. I love searching, I love exploring. Mm-hmm. So I was always looking underneath who was like how was all these symptoms connected and what was the root? So what was the emotions that was happening, the anxiety, the uh I wasn't having that much like depression, sadness, but a severe anxiety, severe feeling just disconnected, not being able to settle down. I was moving all the time, like literally moving all the time. Um and when I got to to that underneath, I didn't found fundamentally safe in the world. You know, we I looked at everything at four levels and we have the symptom level, which is the physical level, then we have the uh, mental level, the mental chatter, which is uh the mental level as well, and then we have the emotional level, uh where where things actually respect how do you feel the anxiety that I felt. And then we have the root, which is the vibrational belief system and story that was happening. So for me that was the fundamental belief system that I was different and the fundamental belief that I wasn't safe in the world. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, and and to create safety, you needed grounding. And I needed to ground. Yeah, the things that you did to create that around you. Yeah. So so for me, it was. Uh, I was always really. Uh, I wouldn't say I always call it soulfulness instead of spirituality. So uh, soulfulness is living through the whole truth. That's some of the definitions that we use both for myself in my books and my podcast. But. Uh, but I was going into saying, okay, what was the connection I was seeking? I was feeling seeking connection to myself, to the world around me, to people, to universe, to God, whatever it was. So what was that fundamental belief that I had I didn't feel connected? So I was actually working with shifting the story that I was instead of being disconnected from everything, I was connected to everything. And even a step further that I am everything. So I always have this saying that I am everything and that everything is me. Um, it's like we have the green for the linear where we say recognize that the other is you, right? And it's the same idea that that there's no separation coming back to my unity all the time and really seeing it in every perspective. So so it's like when we do unity choice, there's always a choice between love and fear. And there's always a choice between connection and separation or unity and separation. So every time you have a fold, every time you take a choice, every time you take a stand and speak up for yourself, you can actually say, am I going to take the choice to feel 
connected or I'm taking the choice to separate myself. Mm. Um, and I was I was looking at myself consciously to rewrite literally both through journaling, but also through taking my choice of rewriting that story uh, to to connection because I was seeing as I was opening myself up, uh, I was actually connecting with the world. Right? Yeah, and that's pretty interesting because a lot of people that struggle with depression, I don't feel a lot of people make the link directly to connection. Yes. So what was the spark for you that was like, I need more connection with myself in my life, with other people in my life? And how did you know that that was the solution for you? And was that um, the solution for you? Yes. Uh, for me, it, it was like, we always get that for me, the introspection. So I was listening, I was taking that, you know, trying to search myself out because I was, I was so self-aware. I was so conscious of what was happening. It was like I couldn't unblock myself, right? That's why I call my method unblocking, right? Uh, but so I went to that. That I was looking first at my thought. What was my chatter going around? Like that was that chatter. Like oh, you're different from everyone else. You don't belong anywhere. You you not good enough. You you can't do that because X, Y, and Z. And then I got to the emotional level where I felt really isolated. I felt lonely and I felt like just misfitting. I just had that feeling of 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 Know, closing down that contraction inside of yourself and and as I went even further down I was that was that story that disconnection story that that I didn't both feel safe so I didn't feel safe to open myself up into the world and secondly I was having struggle connection but also because I have a twin sister and we have a close connection mm-hmm. so so I was seeking that in the rest of the world but I wasn't realizing that it came from inside that it wasn't someone I was actually building, but the connection is an energetic connection that we build from the inside out, right? Yeah, and you were used to that connection with your twin sister. Yeah, wanted that connection with everybody, but and then you realized that wasn't necessarily the case with everybody. Like you couldn't do yes. that with everybody. Or yeah, or it's more specifically that that it was with my twin sister. It was so natural because it's family as well, and we always grew up. But so so it was just there. But you don't realize that. That for building that connection, you have to be vulnerable, and not vulnerable. Yeah. In, when I talk about vulnerability, because so many people, for us ourselves, you know, we think about okay, and just share yeah, everything to be vulnerable. I literally, I can't have no privacy on this um, because that's vulnerability, right? But for me, vulnerability is about standing in your truth. It's not always sharing all your truth, but always standing in your truth. For me, that's the difference because you're of course allowed to have something that's private for yourself, but always standing in your truth owning your story, owning your truth, that is where power is. Like not hiding it, right? Mm. You don't have to say the entire thing, but saying the parts that really resonate with you and being vulnerable in a way that's truthful, mm. but also like it's The way to honor for yourself. You. Yeah, right. like yes. honoring yourself, exactly. I think vulnerability is so important and it's a scary thing. Yes. And it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable, to put yourself out there mm. and to speak your truth like that. And for you, do you feel like that was something that was natural or was it just, I mean, how yes. did you go from just <laughs> It's being... such a funny story. <laughs> um, yes. So, um, so it really happened for me. Like I really took the bucket jump um, and I'm not saying that everyone should do that, but I'm saying that it's really good to you. It's the best thing that you can do to yourself is being able to stand in your whole truth, uh, being that connection to your soul that changed everything for me. It was like that completely unlocked my entire system my entire thought system my entire being and just expanded me like explosively 
uh, into the world and completely turn my world like mm. 180 degrees, like upside down, right? Yeah. And and I was seeing a completely other world, both outside of myself and inside of myself as well. So uh, so the story happens is that I was reading this uh, amazing book called Hiring by Peter Kelly, which I can recommend to everyone. Uh, and and I was uh, I was in this women's group, four thousand women, and. And it was it actually just one and a half year ago. So, uh, so I went in and I sell myself. It was just a normal day. I had been going out for lunch with my twin sister, and and I was just sick of the control. You know, controlling everything, controlling what I'm eating, controlling how much I move, controlling everything that I did in my life because of how I felt safe. So I was just sorry to say, but fucking sick and tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I. And if you knew me before, I would, wouldn't be one who was swearing. I wouldn't be a person who would just let my language just slip out of the way, you know, and say something. So um, so I went live, and I put out a camera on Facebook, and I said, you know what? I have no fucking clue what I'm doing right now, but I'm just done with this. I'm done with this shit, and I'm not just hiding myself, and I'm done having my eating disorder. I'm done having my depression. I'm done with everything. And I'm just sick and tired of being that person, and I have no clue how to get there. But I'm done. And, and you did this on a Facebook Live. I did a Facebook Live, yes. <laughs> and I sat there. And I said, as I was roaring, and I was sitting there, and I was crying my heart. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I just finish it. This is the finish line. There's no more for me. I'm surrendering to this, and I am done doing who, being who I was. And, and in the middle of everything, I was sitting there with my heart and my tears out, and my father passed into the room. And he's wearing nothing but a towel because he's just taking a shower. And he looks at me. He knows my he knows my entire story. My sister. Uh, so, and then he looks at me crying. And then he looks at the computer with the live Facebook live on. And then he gets this weird look in his eyes, like, "What the fuck is happening, right?" And and he looks at me, uh, and he kisses me on the forehead. And he's like, "Hello, goodbye," and he walks out. So for me, that was like. I was literally like wanting out that and taking that bronchial jump for me, like just blasting through my fears and saying, I'm done. I'm not, I'm going to do this myself. And I don't want anyone else to, to hold me down. Not even my thoughts, not society, not any of my therapists, not anyone. I'm doing this for myself. And as I was taking that jump, I literally felt like, oh shit, this is like, this is where I fall like. No one is ever going to look at this. And father, my father was like in the middle of it, and it was like it was crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and I was as I was laying that night trying to sleep, I couldn't sleep, and I was shaking, and, and I was like, "This is this is you. You gotta delete this, sir, because it can't be out there. It can't be out there." Um, and and the fear was coming up, all the fear, all the old chatter, and it was it was so so strong. Um. But eventually, I fell. I fell to sleep, and I never woke up the next morning with um with eight hundred comments. Eight hundred comments on my video. Oh my god! With people telling me that that oh they were god. just seeing my truth. They were seeing yeah. me. People who were saying how brave I was to share my story. Mm. How brave I was to stand up for what I believe in. How brave I was to say that I was taking my own way. I was trying to heal myself and doing it my own way, and not because. I'm not saying that people should go to therapy. Definitely, they should because there's so much to help. But we have a responsibility ourselves, and if we follow our heart, for me, my heart path was going my own way. 
I needed to get out of the system. And that was my half half. And I was standing up for it. I was finally having the courage. And you know, the funny thing about courage is that the word courage actually comes from the Latin word core, which means heart. So following your heart, choosing your heart's path is actually the most courageous thing you can ever do. So beautiful. Yes. And so true. Yes, exactly, right? So so as I was doing that, people were reflecting that. So I was getting so much just not just feeling seen, but that connection that I was seeking. I was actually realizing at that moment that I wasn't alone. That was the single most thing That's that I realized. So crucial. And, and people we, you know, we for talking about you know the old power and the old way we talk about spirituality and personal growth as like the single thing to healing but mm-hmm. what is like spirituality to point oh is actually connection human to human connection that mirroring that oneness that we have not just growing yourself but growing totally. humanity that totally. is where we where we come back you know humanity human unity right totally. and that is the new way of doing things and i was seeing that how the connection the mirroring the reflection with other people and seeing that I wasn't alone. So powerful. Yes. That was that was like the single most powerful healing experience yeah. that I ever got in my life. And yeah. a lot of people think that you relate to other people through, oh, maybe if they see me like this, they're not going to like me. They're mm. going to judge me. So we put on these masks yes. of perfection and then we try to cover it up so people don't see it. But those masks actually shield us from those people, right? Yes. Like exactly. we put on these masks of armor and we walk around all day and we're like, okay, I'm protected. They're seeing this this version of me that I want them to see. Yes. And as soon as we remove that mask and take that off, people start seeing the real us and that's where we really start connecting mm-hmm. with people. And it's so counterintuitive because it's scary. Yes. It's like, man, they're going to judge me. They're going to see all these insecurities are going to see all these things that are wrong and that's actually the way that we connect yes like you, you don't connect to somebody who's standing on stage telling a perfect story right we connect to stories like this mm. like you going live on facebook crying having 800 comments yes. people being like i feel that way and you're just speaking my soul's truth yes and i haven't gone and said it but it's i feel the same way right yes and, like, and, and that's magical permission, right for me i always say that's the commissioning the most important thing, that's the most compassionate thing you could do to humanity. Yeah. And, and and taking the trajectory to talk about how you can change the world by changing your world is that actually through allowing yourself to be all that you are, being yourself completely. That's why I have the title for the book, you know, both completing yourself by being yourself completely, you know, healing yourself actually, but also allowing yourself to stand in your authentic truth and be all that you are. That is when you give permission to others to do the same. Mm-hmm. so also when you're successful when you're joyful when you're happy or when you just also when you're sad actually you just give permission to the world to do the same because we live in that world where we actually project each other we mirror each other all the time through actually through our mirror neurons i, I know i love neuroscience i've been talking about this for a long time uh but but from that mirroring that we have all the time we actually realize that that the truth you bring out to the world, we actually allow the world to the truth in the world to rise, um, and more truth will rise in the world. Um, and that's why I see it's so important that it's not about um, seeing that that we have to change the world. It's not about seeing that that you can change all the world or that the world just changed like that. It's actually realizing that the change has already happened because the change is who you are. Um, and that's also, you know, we always talk about treating others like you wanted to treat yourself or that you are the change you wish to see in the world. But actually taking that a step further is that seeing that the other person 
is you and then the change is you and it's already happened. Totally, right? totally. And yes. it kind of works both ways. It's like the more that you accept and love yourself, the more that you accept and love others. Yes. And it's also vice versa. Yes. And it's almost like when you walk around giving judgment or you walk around feeling, oh, does this person like me? It's almost if you flip it around, do you like you? Do you accept you? And it's not that they're judging you. It's that mm. you're judging yourself and projecting that image mm. onto them. Exactly. The clear image you have of yourself, the clear image other people also will have of you, and the clear yes. image you'll project onto other people. And the funny part is, you know, um, when you actually realize you can do this funny exercise for yourself. It, when you, it's, it's a little bit like having a laugh for yourself because it, it's actually funny when you get to realize. So when you look at other people, we, we have that... It's just something that we do naturally. We tend to judge sometimes. But you can actually observe your judgments. So what is that you tend to observe? Is that the looks you tend to observe? Is that the behavior you tend to uh, observe or judge? Is that their achievements you tend to judge? What is that thing you tend to judge about them? Um, That's super powerful. Yes. What about you? What so for me, it was many things. So uh, it, it was mainly focused on 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 the connections, actually. that I saw the people were connecting. Uh, I was able to connect with people, you know, on a surface level, but I didn't have that deep connection with someone else. Yes. So I was seeing that everyone else was just fitting in all the time. And I was like, why the hell are you just so good at that? And, and I was judging people for it. But when you start to see that pattern, you can turn it into what you can say. That is actually the side of yourself that you're rejecting. That's your shadow self, right? And your shadow self is a side of you that you have rejected. It's not a bad side. It's not meanful it's not hurtful it's not painful it's not a weakness you have it's just a side of you to have you have rejected i like to call it it's like um a star that just has hasn't found a sparkle yet mm -hmm. so it, it's just a weakness that just hasn't grown to be a strength yet mm -hmm. so it's a beautiful yes. way of looking at your shadow side because yes. a lot of times we like to push down our shadow side and repress yes. it and reject it and that's actually, if you flip those qualities around, you can make them positive. Exactly. And when you realize that your shadow side or your story, everything you have in that block, when you look at it and start owning it, and when I mean owning it, it's standing in it. And for me, like claiming, oh, I'm actually, I don't feel like I have any friends. Is there anyone, is there friends out there who wants to be friends with me? You're saying like, I want to connect with you, going out to speak with someone and just being honest about it or sharing my story like on the Facebook live. Or when I talk to someone, just sharing my truth because then I start owning it, yeah. and then eventually I start reintegrating it in myself. Because when I start owning it, it becomes a part of me and it has the strength. So, what actually happens is that what I realized for myself, and so many other people realized, was that how much power that story, that shadow side, had over me, how much that actually was controlling me. Yeah, and that was what I did to Facebook. Like I was saying no way in hell that I was going to let that story have the power over me anymore. I was taking and reclaiming my power. I was reclaiming that power. I was reclaiming my own power. That was when I realized how powerful I am, how infinite being I was, how extraordinary that life could be. And, and waking up to literally living a life beyond our wildest dreams and literally seeing that there is another way of doing things. There is still another way that is your way of doing things. And that is the right way for you. If you are able to open up, because as I open up and I reclaim my story, I expanded, like, literally, I totally. expanded my field. And I was actually beginning to getting offers. I was beginning to getting ideas for writing a book, ideas to starting a podcast, ideas mm -hmm. to who I wanted to connect with. And all of these things were happening, not 
as like the magic thing. I just feel good and everything is unicorn and butterflies away. It was I still was feeling pain. I was still having to do the work. I was still working all the time, you know, literally sharing my truth all the time. But every there was a person who wanted to hear my story, I'm sharing it. Mm-hmm. Whenever there was a person who wanted to hear about my book or heard about someone who could help me publish it, I was sharing it. So I was going out there all the time to make sure that all the time I was the one staying in power and not the story. It's so beautiful. Yes, for sure. I think I really like what you said too. When you start to reframe what you notice in other people, you actually also expand your, your own horizons. Like for me, I was really interested in accomplishment a couple of years ago. And that's like what I valued the most. So when I looked at people, it's like, okay, cool. Like, what do they do in this world? Like, what are mm-hmm. they doing? And about, I would say two years ago, I started to value connections more than anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I just want to know what your heart is like. And I just wanted to know how deeply you can connect. Like, I want to know your soul. And like, I would start to value like eye contact mm-hmm. and I would start to value like storytelling. And I would start to value all these beautiful stories of even pain and, and like the deepest, darkest parts of people and like that being like the truth of people. Yeah. Cause that was so more, so much more authentic. And I feel like my entire circle has also expanded and my connection strengthened deeply. Cause it wasn't just, what are you doing in this world? It's like, who are you? Like, tell me about that. Tell me about like the juiciest part. I'll tell you about my story. Yes. Like I want to hear, let's like share stories. You know, and it's so expansive, I feel like. And also that story, that's your superpower. You know, if you are your superpower, your vulnerability, your authenticity, your also your weakness is actually your superpower because that is where you connect with other people as well. And what you realize is also that this other way that I'm talking about, you know, doing things in another way, as we are shifting into what we call Kundalini Yoga, we call the Aquarius Age. Uh, we could talk about shifting into more feminine paradigm or we call it business, we call it shifting into innovation society. So what is happening right now is that connection is becoming so much more important and not just in terms of networking because you can have a network of thousands of people that you just quote-unquote know but you don't really know them. Mm-hmm. So there's focus on who you know and how we're shifting is focusing on, I call it knit-weaving instead because is that active, is that feminine? So it's about how you know people because when you know people, someone really well, it's better to have, you know, 100 true connections because then you lift each other up. You want to help your friends. You want to be there for your friends. You want to help your friends expand in the world as well. It's like a win-win situation. The other ones that you just, you know, 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 not really know it well, you just like, yeah, I just know the, uh, the uh, CEO of this company and that's so cool, but, you know, I don't really know him and uh, we don't really give each other anything, any value, right? So it's about looking at the value. What value do you bring to the table? What value do other people bring to the table? And how is that important? What do you value? And what people do you want to have in your life? Because it's not all people who are meant to be there with you, but the people that is there with you and is showing up there, those are the people who are meant to be there. And those are the people who are actually enriching your life. And that's what we need to cherish. And and it goes through through all our race, both in, in our you know, in terms of just connecting socially, but also in terms of when when we do business, when we do when we work, what we bring it out into the world and actually also change the world. Because changing the world is not something that we do ourselves. You know, when I talk about realizing that uh, in my book Soul Levels, you know, change to change your world to change the world. I'm not saying that that you yourself is going to change the world, but as you change your own world. Just start to choose your heart path. Just start to live a life of more so living your own truth. 
that is when you realize that that there are so many other people having the same thoughts and so many other people seeing that the world is such an expansive way that there is another way to do things that is more aligned with with the highest good of all or totally <laughs> yeah right so so when you start to do that you start to join with those people and as we join together that's when the ripple the ripple effect happened i was always called like the rebel ripple effect because the rebel is so up just the one speaking up this one taking a stand for what they believe in but they do it from a place of connection to themselves from a place of soulfulness from a place of higher purpose so they're not just the one you know speak up they're not trouble makers they're change makers right and as those change makers like start that. to recognize each other but they need to speak up in order to recognize that there's someone like you out there because I thought I was the only one, right? And I couldn't totally. change. I was like feeling the burden of changing the world. By myself. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, no, what the heck is going on? I felt mm-hmm. so depressed because I couldn't change the world by myself. Uh, and then you go out there and you realize, okay, there's like a lot, there's a ton of people, hundred thousand, millions of people actually doing the same. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if I join that group, if I join that tribe, join that connection, and we spread the message in our own ways because we have different crowds, we have different way of seeing others. We were actually able to change the world. We were able to change the world through not through generating followers, but through generating leaders. Mm-hmm. Leaders generate leaders. That's how we lead through love because love is an infinite source that brings more love into the world. So every choice that you have to make, you choose love. And it's not judging yourself when you choose your fear, that's just how it is. But always return to that love every time you take a stand. Mm. That's how you start creating that ripple effect of people changing around. And, totally. And totally. if someone isn't ready to change, then just that's how it is. But someone around them eventually they would see the truth. And you know, we talk about the critical mass as well, you know, it's somewhere like four percent of the world. When you start to affect those people, they're actually making an impact on the long term of the world. So so that is the perspective that we have, that, that ripple effect that that you can have on the world is so, so powerful. That's when you realize how infinite you are, that you can actually affect humanity from yourself, but not by yourself, right? Totally, totally. And I really like that operating out of the heart space versus the mind space because it's so easy to look externally and say, this person's doing this, this person's doing this. And a lot of times we make our decisions looking outwards and we say, okay, well, maybe they have it figured out. Hmm. They seem to be doing well, right? And instead, especially when you were going through your depression, you yes. went inwards. And that was the key for you of like going inwards into your heart and figuring out who you were and what you wanted and operating out of your mm. heart space, which is also another form of following your intuition in yes. a way. Connecting with your emotional side just versus just your thinking side and your mind side. So in your life, how has intuition played a role in your life? I always ask everybody that's on this podcast this question. Have you ever made a decision that made absolutely no logical sense? Mm-hmm. And like everybody and everything was telling you, don't do it, don't do it. But for some reason, intuitively, you felt, I have to do this. This feels right. Mm-hmm. Like this is the right thing to do. And you went for it. Yes. Uh, I think definitely. You know, first of all, I, I, for me, it was really coming. There's two concepts to it. So I have this concept. I, my mom always used to tell both me and my twin sister at home that it's like open more. You don't have to choose because I struggle with choosing all my life, but you can actually have both and more. So I'm this multi-passionate being, you know, if you know human design, I'm a manifesting generator. So I love being all over the place. I love changing my mind all the time. And that's just who I am. Uh, so I was also accepting that for myself that I actually need to grow evolve all the time. That's when I feel I thrive. Um, 
But the another point was that for so many years, I was so passionate about mind-body medicine. From I was like 10, 8 years old, I, I absolutely love it. And I was passionate about neuroscience and I wanted to become a neuroscientist um, and a doctor as well to revolutionize this field because that was how I could really see that that was how we could heal the world. If people just knew how the body, not the brain, I was not talking about neuroscience because the brain, but the neurosystem, system, all the hormonal system, the uh, endocrine system, the peptide system in the body, if people started to understand how all this uh, physiology was underlying the emotions and how healing your body through food, through exercise, through everything that you do, we were actually starting to live a more, more healthful, more fulfilling, more expansive life. Mm-hmm. So, but I was thinking conventionally that that was my way. So I had to go through 10 years of education to become a doctor. And I, I was about to enter med school. I realized uh, I was, it was more of like a push from the universe because I was going out there and I was getting my grades and I was going to take the last class. And then I had another health breakdown that was so serious that I need to stop the class and didn't finish the class. Uh, I didn't finish that course. Um, and I had to make a choice that I wanted to take another year and start over to eventually become a doctor or do a little inwards and say, do I actually want this job? Because honestly, to be honest and say my own truth, I'm not the caretaker. I'm not the nurturer one that way. That's just not who I am. So I didn't want it to have you know, the doctor to become uh, to actually work at the medicine. I just wanted to work with the ideas, the new way of thinking, revolutionizing the system and help wake people up, be creative, create new models. That was that was who I am, but I was not allowing myself to be that person. Right? Um, so so as I had that breakdown, I was forced to look inwards. Um, and that's why it's so important for people to know, also sometimes we get that, that's in more that that moment of, of pain where, where we need to the universe is like hammering on you know why didn't you listen before like Sarah break up you're not going on the right trajectory right and I took that choice and said okay I'm not going to be a doctor I'm not getting that I'm not going that way I'm choosing another way that's my way because and I can still do it I can still you know I love I still love nurse I totally. still love reading it yeah. but I was I always loved the subject I never loved the profession you know, what I was actually doing. So I love speaking, I love writing, I love creating all types of things, I love leading, you know, in a way creating business creating models. And I was thinking, that's actually what I want to do. And then there is the content and I can bring any content into that model. So I was looking for a way where I could actually do all and be all of the things that I actually <laughs> wanted. Yes. Right. But there was no one telling me that to fit inside a box. Mm-hmm. I could be all you that I wanted. I could create my own box, I could create my own highlight that box could change all the time yeah and I was like that's what I need to do and I need to help others too to realize that there's another way that they don't have to go through all that pain if they want to go through that challenge because they feel that's their heart path to become a doctor that's their calling yes do that you know please God and thank you for doing that that's incredible but you need to listen to your heart you need to listen to your intuition and if you don't know what that is maybe take a step back I also learned because I was the one, you know, always responding, always doing. So I learned to start listening. I was honestly, I was such a bad listener, and I still struggle doing it. Um, I also have, you know, it's not a title, but I have ADHD, so I love creating, I love expressing. So I need to start listening more and receiving from others instead of yeah. just putting stuff out there because I was literally um, 
just I was in that moment I was losing so much weight. I was just like losing myself because I was giving so much all the time that I didn't have time to nurture and receive and actually help myself. So that when I started to listen to my body, I started listening to what was happening around me and what I actually enjoyed. What was my highest excitement? That was when you know those insight moment, that awakening moment was happening all the time. Like, I can actually do that. Is that actually something you can do? Like there's actually people out there living and thriving on inspiring other people doing what you want to do. And there's so many other people like them out there like you who who just wants to who just sees the light in you, who just wants to be inspired by who you are. And 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 that like fast very forward just leads to where we are here, you know, taking one step after another. I don't know where I'm going to be in ten years, but I still have that vision of of raising the standard of how good it's meant to be. If that means working with a government, that means taking, finishing maybe my education, mm-hmm. uh, maybe taking a PTSD if I want that. I'm not sure, maybe working in another place, doing, creating my own business, yeah. taking that trajectory. I don't know but what is coming, what feels right. That's what's meant to be. That's beautiful. I totally resonate with that, seriously. Like even in my life, I was actually going down the path of becoming a doctor too. And um, all my family, like my parents were both in the medical field, mm-hmm. my brother's in the medical field. And it took a huge journey and a huge process of asking myself questions and just going deeper into my own heart space instead of saying, oh, well, this is what this is like. This is what my parents are doing. This is what society says is successful. Um, And I think so many people, even in my environment where I was growing up, we were all kind of thinking, oh, doctor, lawyer, business person, and just kind of had a very limited view of the world, right? We weren't exposed to a ton. Yes. And it's so beautiful, especially going out and traveling. Like, we met each other at Mind Valley University, right? It's just like going out and traveling and doing all these things and expanding your world and even walking down the streets in Pula, Croatia, and seeing people being so happy, living out their passions, literally owning a um, collaborative space that hosts events and brings people together. There's just so many things that people can do to live out their passions that's not just in the typical boxes that we like to think. And I feel like it's so important to really expand ourselves and to open ourselves up and ask ourselves questions that are a little bit deeper beyond Okay, so I know that I like science, and I know that I like the human body, and I know that I want to earn an income. So that means I should be a doctor. And instead, taking a step back and being like, actually, what are the problems that I want to solve in the world? Like, what are the most crucial things that have motivated me and propelled me forward? Like, what is my why? What am I here for? What is my mission? And I think both you and I have done a lot of work, like diving into that, like diving into that mission. And we are both multi-passionate, right? We're always expanding, always changing. And as humans, we're always evolving and changing. And it's so beautiful to be expansive. And I think what you and I both do is we take that expansion and then we keep building upon it. Because I think there's, there's two different ways of doing it. Some people are constantly just starting new things that are very, very unrelated and then never tie them back together. So they start building something and then it kind of crashes and building something and then they kind of, or not crashes, but they just kind of pluck out the flower before it mm. actually blossoms, right? And I feel like you and I both, we go out there, we learn more, we expand, we evolve, and then we kind of come back and we bring it back into our mission and our lives, which is, I think, the, the, the key to that. Like the key to keep growing and keep creating this impact and creating a movement Almost if you think of like an energy vortex or like actually creating more energy revolving around like a North Star, 
versus just like ex- like hundreds of stars in the sky. Like then we created the sun and then we have all the planets revolving around that. It's like, mm. what's our sun or what's our North star that we're creating and evolving. So like for you, what do you feel is your ultimate mission? Like the one thing that no matter what you do in this life, it's just something that you really stand for that you're kind of working towards. Mm, definitely. So, so what I have for the missions or my the movement that I created with the soul levels, you know, and I still have a website called soullevels.com as well to to help that movement. Um, one thing is saying that we want to raise the standards of how good it's meant to be. That means in your own life, from your community's life, for the world, just in perspective. So there has so many layers to it, but but the ultimate mission is the uh, mission is to actually help people realize that. They can live a life by their own design and they can be creative. Like you say, you've been creative in creating your own life. What is the need in the world I want to serve? Or what is that makes me sparkle? What is that thing that just makes me want to do this over and over and over again? And that can change. But how can you actually turn that into something, a gift you can give to the world? Because the gift that you have is meant to be given to the world. You know, everything that you want and everything that the world needs, you're the change that the world needs. And that's what you need to realize. You need to realize that you actually have that power to change the world in that way. And I want to help people see that power and first and foremost, take action on it. Take action and do something about it. Not just talk about it. Not just think about it. Not just being in it, but truly embodying it. Being that messenger of your mission. Being that messenger of love. Being that messenger of just allowing and giving others permission to be themselves. That's so beautiful. That's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank yes. you so much. Yeah, this is a perfect place to wrap up. I feel like um, talking about mission and ending with purpose because that's really what this podcast embodies, the feminine energy and purpose. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, go ahead and leave a review. I would love to hear from you guys, your honest reviews, what you think about the podcast, how you felt about Sarah and her mission and her journey and how that resonates with you. Thanks, guys.